Time now for the SCL Mortgage Show with your host, Sandy Clough, and co-host, Larry Jager. Stay tuned as we discuss everything mortgage. Educate, form, entertain. It's the SCL Mortgage Show. Now, here's your host, Sandy Clough, with mortgage industry veteran, Larry Jager. And good morning. Welcome to our latest edition of the SCL Mortgage Show. I'm Sandy Clough, Larry Jager, the president of SCL Mortgage. As always, alongside, here we are, Larry. This year's going by quickly. And I'm wondering, as we come out of April and enter May, how things are going at SEO Mortgage. Good morning, Sandy. Good to be here, my friend. It's great to be back in the studio. Um, things are good. Things are really good, actually. The time goes by so darn fast. And especially when you're busy, which we are because interest rates are so crazy good, purchases and refinances. And so we're really busy, but that's good. We like to be busy. We don't want to be not busy. I've been in those situations before. That's not fun. But things are good. Things are really good. Things are good at work. Nobody's ever gotten sick. We're still like 50% capacity sure. because loan officers have gotten comfortable working from their homes, very efficient, still bringing in loans like crazy. And the operations people are in the office because they, they like being in there, the interaction and the, and there's a lot of stuff happening with a loan file where they have to, they have to interact. So, um, yeah, things have been really good. No complaints and, um, interest rates are good and we're still busy. Well, let's talk more about interest rates because, Uh, You've noted in recent weeks that they've been moving up, not dramatically, but moving up little by little. What's going on this past week with respect to interest rates? Are they coming down a bit or are they continuing to move up some? Um, No, they've actually come down. They Um, have come down. They have come down a little bit this week, yes. Now, I can't say that that's going to continue. Uh, You know, the trend over the last, what was it? Well, this past week, uh, just about every day, rates moved down a little bit, just a little bit. So we're not at the... Um, we're back off of the little bit of a high or the little bit of a rise, a raise that we were in. So what does that mean? I, I can say this, that interest rates are still really, really good. You know, where we were in December, January, February, we were probably at the lowest point ever. But so then they, for a couple of months, they went up a little bit. But I would say to folks, don't, don't, please don't miss out. If an, oh, if no. a refinance don't makes sense out. or you're wanting to buy, don't miss out because this is still a really, really good time. Do you have an explanation or is it such a small decrease that there really isn't much of an explanation? It's more random than anything else. But if there is an explanation, is there one? I guess is yeah. the question. Is there an explanation why after weeks of ticking up a bit, why did they tick down? You know, it's I, I know what causes it, and and but why it happens, that's the unknown. And normally the bond market goes through a rally. And when the bond market rallies, that brings the interest rates down. So typically or traditionally in the past, we've said, well, the stock market is pretty crazy. So people are pulling their money out of the market and putting it into bonds. Now, the bonds are not yielding what the stock market could. But if some folks get a little 
a little weary or a little nervous about the the stock market rallying and then dropping. And some people don't have a stomach for that, right? So although it's been very, very good for the last yes. few years. So that that's normally the case. Stop money. Money moves out of the market into bonds. Bond market rallies and interest rates come down. We should talk about this real estate market in Colorado right now. I know it's hot. Is it this way in surrounding states? Is it this way around the country? Or is this boom unique to Colorado? Boy, it's it's in a lot of states, Sandy. A lot of states. And not, yeah, obviously here in Colorado. You know, I was just talking to um, uh, somebody else here at The Fan who's um, looking to buy. Right. And they have really struggled. And, and he was telling me a couple stories about where they looked at a property that was purchased by their friends a year and a half ago for 315000 And that house is now selling for four seventy. I mean, it's just... It, it's it's crazy, and, and you know I think it's um, uh, it, it's in a lot of states, Andy. I, I could give you lots of examples, but I have a friend in in the mortgage business who was in Florida last week because he wants to buy it down there at some point, and he said it's the same as here. Prices are are high. There's a lot of competition, and not that many homes. And and that's the same thing in Colorado. What's causing it is just I think a lot of people moving here. A lot of people moving here, but it's, yeah, if you want to buy, you have to have yourself prepared. You need to have a pre-approved letter in your back pocket. You need to have all your um, income documentation with your loan officer and just be ready to pull the trigger whenever you need to because it's super competitive out there. And I always think in times like these of your bridge loan program, which takes people from the bottom of the pile to... If not the top, then pretty darn close yes. with the way your bridge loan program works. And still, we know not a whole lot of people are offering bridge loans. So when when I hear the story here and elsewhere as you're describing it, I'm thinking, well, I know there's one difference between Colorado and maybe Florida. I know at least one person in Colorado, <laughs> one firm, is offering bridge loans. Yes. I'm not sure about Florida, but I know there's one here. There, that would be us. That's absolutely right. That that turns I, – you know, I, I sympathize, empathize with these people that want to buy a house but have a house to sell. I want to buy your house, Sandy, but I have to sell mine first to get the equity. Well – you know, you're not going to be interested in my offer because you've got 20 offers that are probably cash buyers and they don't need a loan or they certainly don't have to sell a house to buy your house. So, yeah, that that makes it tough. But that person who has to buy a house, I'm sorry, has to sell their house to buy a new one. That's a very good bridge loan candidate for us. And then we can turn them into a cash buyer. Do you have any suggestions for listeners who want to buy a different house right now? Boy, uh, get yourself prepared. Don't don't just get a pre-approval with a conversation over the phone. Get your income documentation. Get your asset statements and pay stubs and all that to us so that we can literally approve, credit approve you for X amount, right? So you just have to make yourself as as ready as possible. So, and, and you know what a lot of other people are doing and, and sometimes our loan officers suggested to people, if you find the house that you really want, along with your pre-approval and along with your offer, you, sh- you can write a letter. 
I really want to buy your house, Mr. Seller, because... My daughters loved it. My son loved it. They already picked out a bedroom. They really love it. It's close to their schools. And, you know, put a little emotion into it if you think that's appropriate. But I know a lot of people are because they really want that house. And they don't want to have to go through more houses and more offers and more lookings and more showings. And so I would say the best advice is get yourself ready financially. Get yourself pre-approved for that mortgage. And if you want to write a letter to the seller, that's <laughs> that's perfectly fine. And that's not pushy. No, no, I don't think so at, at all. all. No, and and a seller may appreciate it. You know, why should I sell it to you as opposed to this couple? Oh, well, you wrote this beautiful letter, and maybe you, uh, and, you know, what we've gotten them in our mailbox from people that want to move into our area, and they've I've got a picture too. of the dog and sure. a picture of the kids, oh, yeah. and and all that, and it's like, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, if you get my emotions, I want to sell you my house. It's kind of flattering, actually. I think so. If you're on the receiving end of of yeah. something like that, that you've done a good job with a house. Yep. You've taken care of it. You've maintained it. Love the area. And we like the area. And we like the neighborhood. Yep. We like the area. We like the schools, walking distance for uh, elementary and middle school. And so, yeah, just uh, pull out every uh, everything you can imagine. Pull out all the stops. All the stops. That's right. www.myspecialmortgage.com. 303-790-2222 is... The phone number, and I want to ask you quickly about the website. We haven't talked okay. about the website okay. in a while, and I know you're always tinkering with it. Yes, we uh, we are. Carrie, actually, Carrie Kanab, who's uh, been on the air with us, is our um, is our guru when it comes to that in terms of advertising, marketing, and redesigning the website, making some changes. And you know, it's it's really interesting. Um, he gets sort of um, notification, or he gets the idea. I need to freshen up this page, or I need to tweak that page. And the reason is because we can see where people go. They'll go to this page. They'll go to myspecialmortgage.com. They'll go to uh, meet my loan officer, Amanda or Josh or whoever it is. So you see the number of hits on these pages and you see how long people stay there or if they go to another page or go to another page. So there's all that data is read readily available to a, a guy like Gary who works inside of a, of a website. So we know, okay, we need to do this or let's freshen that up. Or any number of reasons. But, you know, websites are really, really important these days because everybody goes there. Everybody goes there to get information. Uh, Most people say, uh, or our loan officers will suggest, somebody looking at our website, and they say, I've already been there. I've already been there. I've seen your Better Business Bureau rating, and I've seen your Google reviews, and I've seen all this stuff. So I'm very comfortable, and a lot of people just apply online. So it's a, it, we're very proud of it. He's done a really good job. Lots to come as the SCL Mortgage Show continues, including customer emails in a few moments. And when we come back, we'll be talking about whether people should get in the game or maybe wait a little bit until the market cools off. I have a pretty good idea what Larry's going to have to say about that. But we'll present the other side of uh, the argument next on the SCL Mortgage Show right here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. All right, Larry, I'm going to give you the counter-argument. Okay. Push back a a little bit, because this is what people sometimes say. Uh, Real estate market, red hot. Yep. Prices continuing to climb. Yep. 
Is there any sensible argument to be made that people, if they're looking at something in the next six months, might want to wait a little bit longer, sit on the sidelines for a while until maybe things cool down a little bit? Well, I, I I don't think there's uh, reasons to sit on the sidelines. I, I really don't. And people that are sitting on the sidelines, what are they seeing? They're seeing prices go up and up and up. And man, if I would have closed on that house six months ago or a year ago, well, I didn't for whatever reason. And look at the appreciation that I missed. I mean, we, we're seeing 8, 10, 12% a year, sometimes Crazy. even more. Yeah, so if you figure a $500,000 house at 10%, there's 50 grand that you missed out on. So, yeah, I know prices keep climbing and maybe you can't get all the house that you want, but I think it's better to get in the game and and maybe you get in the house and you can use our renovation loan to do make some changes or, you know, do whatever you want to do. You can add an addition, you can add a pool, you can do just about anything you want to do to the house with our renovation loan. So that would be an option for people, but yeah, given where interest rates are, uh, I, I just hate to see people miss out on that. And and not to mention the interest write-off and in addition to the appreciation. So Absolutely. Yeah, don't don't sit on the sidelines, guys. I know it's a lot of work, but get in the game. Let's talk, if we could, about people who may want to buy an investment piece of property. Yep. Is that a good idea now with these prices? Well, uh, the answer is yes. It, it is. It absolutely is. And And the reason I say that is because... Whether it's an investment piece of property or whether it's the property you live in or whether it's a second home, the house doesn't know, and it yet it continues to appreciate. So whether it's an investment property, whatever the, the reasoning is for that purchase, uh, yes, it's going to continue to appreciate in value. So you're going to obtain equity, which is obviously a good thing. Two, you're going to get the interest write-off. So that's a big, big deal. Whether it's an investment property or whether it's your primary residence, you still can write off the interest. And the third reason is, well, actually, there's four reasons. Interest rates are very low, so you can get more house than you could if interest rates were at five and a half. But the rents are very high in Colorado, and nobody expects them to come down. So if that house, if the rent on that house, that investment piece of property covers your mortgage, which in most cases it does, my goodness, it's a, you can't go wrong. It's, you know, the payment is already made for you. The key is just finding a good tenant. So whether it's your primary residence, your second home, or your investment piece of property, I would say now is the time. Absolutely. I think I remember our talking recently about Fannie Mae making it more difficult to buy investment properties and even second homes. Am I right about no, that? No, you're, you're spot on, Sandy. We did talk about that a while back. And, and for a number of different reasons, but Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they are the big buyers of mortgages, right? And they issue the guidelines. And they made a statement a few weeks ago that only 7% of what we purchase is going to be investment property or second home. So yes, they're still buying primary residences from from everybody, but they have severely limited the number of mortgages they're going to buy if it's a second home or if it's an investment piece of property. So so what does that mean? That means that well, maybe there's going to be less mortgages offered 
for an investment piece of property. So that's concerning if you are an investor and, and want to buy more rental property. But um, I can tell you we have answers for that at SCL. We really do. As you do for most issues. And a question for you. Where do people get that 20% down payment that it takes to buy an investment property? That could be... 100k on a 500k purchase price. Yeah, that right? that's exactly right. If um, normally on a investment piece of property when you buy it you have to put 20% down. Right. Uh, so so yeah, the average house in in Colorado is well over $500,000, so simple math, you just did it. That's 100 grand that you have to put down. So, yeah, not everybody's got 100 grand laying around or that you want to part <laughs> with. So, you know what a lot of people are doing? They're refining their primary residence. Yes. Pulling out cash right. and using that for the down payment on the prime on the, the investment piece of property. We've had a number of people. In fact, a good friend of mine that, that lives here um, in Colorado contacted me about doing the very same thing. He wants to buy a piece of property in Nebraska because that's where he sees himself retiring in a few years. So he can rent it out in the meantime and then move into it when he's ready to re- retire. Um, but I, I should mention to you, Sandy, that we have... Even though Fannie Mae has done this, um, made this change about the 7%, we still have a lot of programs like our an investor cash flow, our, our debt service coverage ratio, our bank statement loan for people that are self-employed, so they can still buy that investment piece of property. And if it's not a Fannie Mae loan, that's okay. Interest rates are still great. So we've got a number of different options for people if they run into that situation with somebody else. I know about the tax benefits, uh, quite a few of them, I think, uh, when it comes to owning investment properties. But what about finding a good tenant? That's the key. <laughs> that is the key. I used to own, when I lived in California, I had a lot of a lot of rental uh, properties. And it's all about finding the right tenant. So the house is um, the house is the house it doesn't have any emotions or it doesn't <laughs> behave differently or it's not it's, it it just sits there it's the house it's all about the tenant so uh, we can we're more than happy to help people in that way too if if you're um if you're looking at several different um land or tenants that want to rent your property and i think you should pull a credit report because you want to know that they are prompt in paying their bills and responsible and all that. And and with somebody's permission, we can do that for you. Um, maybe they want to do a background check, which people can do online for a potential tenant. So you, you want to you do a very thorough job, I think, on screening tenants. Do you have dogs? How many do you have? Do you have this or do you have that? Because that's your house that you're turning over to somebody to live in. And it can be a great experience. But if you don't do your homework, it could be a less than good experience. So a nightmare. Yeah. It could be a nightmare. Yeah. I, um, I, oh, I could tell you stories about uh, the, some of the properties I owned in California. But, yeah, it could be really bad or really good. So there's a lot, a lot of good people out there, a lot of good tenants. You know, very small percentage, I would imagine, are not good tenants. But if people need help or questions or whatever, we're, we're more than happy to help. It's interesting to me because in our neighborhood, we basically have buyers, not renters. Yeah. But my next door neighbor is a renter. Oh. And uh, it's it's a younger group than yeah. uh. the, the previous owners. And it's interesting 
but they seem like nice people. And I wouldn't have thought of it that way because I'm thinking analytically and, yeah. okay, um, yeah, lieutenant is secondary. But you're, you're making a very salient point that you really have to screen the tenants. You do. Uh, to, uh, no matter what the value of your home might be, and this home has an approximate value to my own, so uh-huh. I have a pr- pretty good idea that uh, the people who uh, rented it out uh, did take a long look at the people to whom they were running. Yeah. Well, you know, you could do a a bad tenant can really be a problem inside of your house. Of course. I mean, you know, what if there's a what if there's a leak? My next door neighbor had a leak in his wall and and he's a real handy guy. He caught it and fixed it. But what if the tenant didn't or didn't mention it or something? I mean, that could be serious damage. Or leak in the roof, something like that, yeah. and they just leave it alone. Yeah, and, and, they and think, the leaks uh, do real damage. Oh yeah. Now, what over is, a period of time, if it's not addressed, it, it's got to be addressed. And you want somebody that's super responsible, right? Yeah. Or if you if you have them doing the the lawn mowing and the maintenance of the yard, exactly, or, right? You you want somebody who's going to take care of it, like you would. I, I know. I look around the neighborhood and I look at the conditions of lawns yeah. and compare it to what mine is. And I, I I mean, it's instinctive. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be doing it. But it's it's just natural. And if yeah. I see a lawn that's not well-maintained, I get concerned because it reflects on the value of homes in my area. And, and the value of your home, yes. right? Yeah. So you want, you want good neighbors. You want good tenants. You want people that are responsible and take some pride in it, even if they don't own it. But if they're a tenant, they should want to make sure they're doing a good job with your house and your property and and all that. So, yeah, it's if you are if you're an experienced investor, then you you know the story, you know how to how to do all that. But if you're buying your first rental property, let us know. We I'm happy to help you out. I've owned a bunch of them, and and we can give you some good tips. Absolutely, three zero three seven nine zero twenty two twenty two is the number to call. MySpecialMortgage.com. And coming up next. Yes, it is time for customer emails. That's always a favorite segment for us yep. on Sports Radio, 104.3 The Fan. All right, time now for customer emails. And, of course, before we get to those, Larry, you and Orlando Franklin have things humming on Sunday mornings <laughs> between 7.30 and 8. It's a little bit different in tone and substance, but uh, you're very proud of it. And Orlando loves doing the show with you, 7.30 to 8 on Sunday mornings. Yeah, he's, um, it's, it's been fun. He, um, he's kind of coming into his own. You know, you, you and I have, uh, what, five years of, of doing this together, and, right. and Orlando's about five months maybe, yes. or six months now. So <laughs> That's right. Uh, but That's he right. does enjoy it, yeah. He's he's a different style, just like the two of you. I mean, you guys mesh like a, a, it's a perfect match, the two of you, um, every day from 9 to noon um, on the fan. And uh, now he and I have, are sort of meshing in a different kind of way. But uh, it's been fun. It's been fun, and we look forward to doing it. You have, believe it or not, a bigger stack than usual, so we can't <laughs> get to all these emails uh, most probably, but we'll get to as many as we can. Okay. 
So let's see. Anthony emailed and said, um, I heard about your company many times. Oh, many times on 104.3, the fan radio station right there, Sandy. I'm not making this up. I promise. (laughs) I'm in the process of getting to sell, getting ready to sell very, very soon. I would like to speak to you about my current status. I look forward to talking with you. Anthony, thank you for being a listener, and thank you for contacting us. We'll uh, we'll get a hold of you and find out whatever your situation is. We're we're here to help. Okay, uh, Zachary emailed said, "I would like to talk to someone today, if possible, about a home loan. I'm self-employed. Wanted to see if my wife and I can get pre-qualified. Absolutely, Zachary, you can. We will. Um, I'm sure we." The, our loan officers jump right on these things and call you, email you, whatever your preferences of, of communicating. Uh, but it's okay. If you're self-employed and your wife is employed, we can do that loan. We would use your bank statements likely. Um, and then we would use your wife's W-2s and pay stub and still don't need to see your tax return. So looking forward to it. If you... Um, um, Yes, and we're probably, I think we are one of the only companies in the state of Colorado that does bank statement loans for self-employed people. So we we appreciate you listening. Uh, Okay, Jody emailed and said, my wife and I are looking to purchase. I'm a veteran and have never used the VA uh, eligibility, but I'm interested. We currently rent and would like to talk to somebody about a VA home loan. We do not have a realtor, but are looking in the Denver metro area. Okay, Jody. So uh, that's fine. We're, we have a, a number of really, really good realtors that uh, we have partnered with and, and have helped a lot of our, our customers. So we could do the same thing for you. And um, you may or may not know it, but our VA loans, FHA loans, don't carry any credit overlays. So once we get an approval, we don't add anything to it or minimum FICOs or any of that stuff. So uh, look forward to it. Oh, they said, um, the question is, how did you hear about us? And he said, radio, 104.3 The Fan. <laughs> so Wonderful. Good that's to hear. great. Um, okay. Alicia. Alicia, I think I'm saying that correctly. I'm reaching out to get some information on how you can help business owners qualify for a home loan. Another self-employed person. My boyfriend and I are wanting to purchase a new build. We have strong credit uh, and gross income. However, he is able to write off a large portion of the income, which has made his actual earnings look smaller. We would love to speak to somebody. Well, uh, Alicia, your boyfriend is 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 not alone. I mean, there's a lot of self-employed people out there in the very similar situation, and and that's good that he's got the expenses or the write-offs to minimize the net income, so you don't have to write a great big check to our friends at the IRS. So um, good for you for doing that. But so now, how do you qualify for a home loan when you've got a very small or much smaller net income? Well, the way you do that is with our bank statement program. So not going to look at your tax returns. We'll look at your bank statements. And if one of you is, is uh, W-2 and pay stub, then we can look at that and don't still don't have to see your tax returns. So thank you for listening and getting a hold of us. She has come to the right place. I think she has. Absolutely. They want to buy and we want to help them make that happen. Uh, goodness. Here we go again. Scott emailed and said, hello, I was inquiring about purchasing a home. However, I am a 1099 employee. Was wondering if you could help. 
others have tried and others have failed. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm sorry to we've hear that. We've heard that story, too. We've heard that. Yes, we've heard that song several times. Um, like I said, there's there's not a lot of people that offer this program in the state of Colorado. We have been since the inception of the company over over five years ago. So I, you have come to the right place because we know how to get mortgages uh, loans approved using your bank statements. Whether you're straight commission, 1099, self-employed, whatever your your situation is, we know how to get uh, get those loans approved, get them processed, get them approved, and get you into a house. Okay, so Edgar, oh my, we have a whole bunch of self-employed people out there, Sandy. Edgar emailed and said, my wife and I are trying to buy a home, but our taxes don't reflect enough income. Yes. Could you guys help? Uh, I'm, I promise you I'm not making this stuff up, Sandy. It's an email that that uh, came to us and uh, got printed off and somebody gave me the stack. But, uh, yes, um, I know we've been talking about a lot this segment, but bank statement loans for self-employed people, that's, uh, that's clearly something we do and have done for a long time. And, again, evidence that we may be underestimating, not overestimating the number of self-employed people who are out there. Well, based on these emails, yeah, yeah I think, gosh – I just grabbed a stack of about 15 or whatever I've got here, and so far the majority of them have been self And these are all fresh emails coming from in this the week. last week, as yes. we've said. Absolutely. Uh, okay, Rick emailed us and said, uh, my wife and I are contemplating replacing, oh, replacing siding, putting on different siding. Right. Uh, our current loan amount is this. Uh, we have a second of 50000 uh, we would like to refi and get the uh, money we need, the cash we need to do these improvements to our home and get rid of that second mortgage. That's absolutely something we can do. Sounds like he's got a lot of equity. Credit is in the high 700s. So... Um, Let's uh, let's get this done. It doesn't sound like a difficult uh, transaction, Rick. So love to help you out and um, improve your house the way you want it to. Okay, uh, let's see. Hi, my name is Shelley. I heard an ad on the radio for mortgages. My husband and I are looking to purchase our first home. Right. Wanted to see what we could do. What we you could do for us. Um, so that's one of the reasons I wanted to give you guys a call because you specialize in mortgages for self-employed. So <laughs> that's exactly what we do, um, Shelley. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, reaching out to us. So once again, gosh, I think just about every email we've gotten this week is, or a lot of them are from self-employed people. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so let's go to Tim. I would like to talk to somebody about refinancing my house. We have heard you on the radio for a number of months and would like to work with you. Well, thank you, Tim. We appreciate that. Uh, we'd like to work with you, too. So thanks for getting a hold of us. And you picked a great time. Interest rates are at, like, all-time, almost all-time lows. And we will be talking about refinancing in a few moments. Okay. There Sounds, will be more on that. There will be Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Matthew... Matthew emailed and said, looking to invest in a few rental properties over the next few years. Uh, I do have cash and other liquid asset and retirement funds. Credit is excellent. Um, if I were to put down 30 to 50%, does SCL have a loan program that allow me to purchase that property? 
Yeah, actually, we we do, um, Matthew. If you could even put down twenty percent, but if you, a lot of people, if they have the cash, they want to put down more, so the mortgage payment is less, and the rent way more than covers it. So you've got a, a strong positive cash flow. So yeah, we would love to work with you and be your uh, be your lender. Let's see if we can get one more in. One more, okay. Uh, Glenn, oh my goodness, Glenn is self employed. I'm sorry, Glenn's wife is self-employed. All right. I've tried through our current mortgage company to refinance, but they turned us down. So we need to know if self-employment is an issue, went fully through the process, and then they said no. So um no we're not going to we're not going to say no Glenn because um we're we're going to do our work up front. We'll take a look okay. at your tax returns if you want us to and if we can find the income there then great and if we can't uh I mean we're going to know in an, in a short hour. It very simple. Our folks are used to looking at tax returns and analyzing bank statements and so that's probably where we'll end up going and don't need to see your tax returns or your K1s and um he's tired of being jerked around so we won't do that to you i promise that is the one thing you can always promise uh and we hear it's amazing after doing this show uh, now for four years plus we are still hearing people talk about being dragged along sometimes for weeks Sometimes even for months. Months. We had one a few weeks ago. We yeah. talked about five months. Yeah. And then finally having the rug pulled out from under him. Yeah. After that, five months, no communication, sense. no forewarning, just all of a sudden, after five months, we can't do business with you. And uh, that's, that's that's just ridiculous. No, it, it should take 50 minutes right. tops to, right. <laughs> to figure that out. So, uh, yeah, lots of good emails again this week. Absolutely. And again, the number. 303-790-2222. Any questions you may have, myspecialmortgage.com is the website. And when we come back, yes, I'm not lying here. We're going to talk about refinancing and whether this is still a good time for people to consider that option. That's next on the SEO Mortgage Show and Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. All right, Larry, uh, three quarters of our program has uh, flown by and we'll uh, keep the pace up here. Uh, Refinancing was mentioned in our previous segment from one of our emailers. Is this still a good time for people to refinance? I know we used to say uh, to our listeners, if the interest rate is 4% or more, they should call you. What about right now as we enter the month of May. They they absolutely should, Sandy, because if you have a rate of 4% or higher, maybe depending on your individual situation, you could have a rate of three and three quarter percent. And maybe it makes sense. It depends on what your goals are, what your what your reasoning is. If you need cash, you've probably got a ton of equity in your home. That would be a good reason to do that. Maybe you want to get rid of your consumer debt or car loans or student loans, or maybe you got a college student ready or a senior graduating this spring wanting to go to college, and, and maybe you need some money there. So lots of good reasons, and interest rates are still very, very good. Um, people may not know, but you can skip a couple of payments when you refinance. So that's if your if your mortgage is let's say twenty five hundred dollars a month or two thousand whatever it is, you're able to skip two months. So that's money that you can keep in your pocket. When you refinance, you get your current escrow account refunded back to you. So that could be a couple of thousand dollars. And so 
depending on what your goals are and, and, and your, your motivation or your questions, that's what we can find out in that first conversation. And then we can give you some options and we can give you some ideas, maybe something you hadn't thought about, but then we know for sure. Does this make sense? Yes, absolutely. And if it doesn't, then that's okay too. You, you become a more, a more informed consumer. One of the stories we like to tell uh, on these programs Every situation, every loan, every family is different. So the question is this, is it still a good time to refinance? We answered that question, but the answer probably varies according to the situation or the particular household involved, right? Absolutely. It isn't a stock answer. Yeah, sometimes it it maybe doesn't make sense. You know, if you say, well, yeah, maybe I should refinance, get a lower rate, but we're probably going to sell our house in a year because now our kids are gone or they're off to college or they're whatever. So that might not make sense because there's always closing costs involved. So we would have to look at doing a loan without closing costs or doing a loan with closing costs to get a lower rate. It really depends on what's going on in that family, right? What their future plans are, their one, two-year plans, their five-year plans. So you're right, Sandy, that's not the same answer for everybody. It's totally dependent on their particular situation. We've talked so much today about bank statement loans. But again, when you started this company, that was the market you felt was underserved. That was the market inefficiency right and you're kind of the money ball of uh, mortgage (laughs) people uh, in that sense that you find an inefficiency in the marketplace a group that's not being taken care of not enough attention is being paid to that group and you tailor something like your bank statement program to that underserved group we love talking about your bank statement loan program And you had an estimate, I think, at the beginning as to how many self-employed people there might be in the state. And you have found over the years that you've undershot the mark on that, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, I I was way low on that, way low. And, and, And the proof of that is in all the number of bank statement loans we've done for people. Um, and so many people, when you hear their stories, it's, it's well, I've never been able to buy a house because I don't show enough income on my tax returns. And then we're able to get them into a house. What a rewarding feeling that is. I mean, um, gosh, I, 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 the list goes on and on. We've had a lot of guests in here. We sure have. <laughs> right, prior to COVID. Who have, have used that program. Have, have used that program, didn't think they could buy, wanted to buy, but been turned down so many times. And then when they found us, and we were able to help them. What a cool story that is. And they are among the most prideful homeowners. You know, we hear people saying, you know, as they drive up to their house shortly after purchasing it, I can't believe this is my home. Now. Right, right. It's my and they home. I can't wait to get inside. And yeah. Every time I push that garage it. door opener, yes, I know this exactly. is my home, and I my got it. I can <laughs> All I got to do is make the payments, and I can do whatever I want to my house because it's my house. Yeah, it's it's just really rewarding. And you know, I, an example of that: we recently got licensed in um, Nebraska. Yes, and 
I didn't realize how underserved Nebraska is in terms of down payment assistance programs, in terms of bank statement loans for self-employed people, in terms of maybe people had a FICO hiccup and we can help them down to 580. Folks in Nebraska didn't have access to any of that until we got there. And now our, we get a lot of leads, a lot of loans coming out of Nebraska. So it's a really rewarding feeling for, uh, for SEL. We've got about three minutes, four minutes left, and you told me before the program you wanted to maybe take a slight departure from the mortgage world for just a little bit and talk about something you heard the other day as a sermon. You found it inspiring, and you felt it was so impactful, and you do what I think a lot of us try to do when we hear things that are inspiring, okay, what's the application for me right. or my business? Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, thank you for asking me, Sandy. I, I You know, I'm a big um, – uh, I, I love motivational quotes. I yeah. love motivational stories. Like, you know, a quitter never wins and a winner, winner never quits. Exactly. You know, it's desire, decision, faith, and persistence that always wins, right? So <clears throat> I'm listening to this pastor, and he's talk, telling a story about this, this guy who built a big fish tank. Maybe you've heard the story. I don't know, but you'll tell me if you have. So big, big mm-hmm. fish tank. So he puts a divider, a glass divider, in the center of it. So now he's got two big fish tanks. On one side, he puts a walleye pike. On the other side, it's full of minnows. Well, this is heaven to the walleye pike because that's his favorite food. So he's swimming around, swimming around, looking for the minnow that he wants to grab. And he goes after it, and boom, the fish hits his face right on the on the wall in the glass. So, you know, he backs off and kind of wondering, what the heck was that all about? I thought I had a, my meal for the, for the afternoon. So, but he doesn't give up. He backs up, sees another minnow he wants, goes after it, boom, his face hits the glass again. Okay, well, now this is not making me so happy, but I'm going to try again. And I'm going to try again. Four times he fails because he hit the glass. It it just, it didn't happen, right? So what happens to the fish? He just sort of sits there. He doesn't keep trying because his experience has not been very good. So the guy who builds the fish tank now reaches in and takes out that divider, the glass divider. And what happens? The minnows are swimming all over. They're on top of the walleye, in front of the walleye, below the walleye, and he doesn't strike because he's conditioned that this is not going to work and it's probably going to be painful. But so he gives up. And I thought, wow, this is really powerful. You can never, ever give up. No matter what you're, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, what you're, you know, don't ever give up. You got to, you got to keep trying, right? Have you ever heard that story? I have. And the Mm self-employment people fit into that because some of them tell us, They've been through the experience three or four times. They keep getting turned down. Yeah. And yet they don't give up. And the persistence piece of that is critical. And that's, again, uh, we've talked about this notion before just as a general philosophy. uh, Either you're operating in faith or in fear. (laughs) That's right. And the minnow gets fearful. Uh Uh-huh. Even when the meal is right there in front of him. Right. No obstacle. He's become fearful, not faithful. So he's operating in fear. 
Yes. And and how many customers, SEL customers, have we had in that we talked about and they said, gosh, I was ready to give up. I, I, I've just but been turned didn't. down three or they four times. They may have been ready, but they didn't. They didn't give but up. they did. They got a hold of us. We got yes. them into a mortgage. Got them into a house, whatever the case. And, and everybody wins. So I thought that was very appropriate. Absolutely. Great story. And we will be back next week with more great stories, I'm sure. But Larry will be back tomorrow morning with Orlando Franklin from 730 to 8 with more on the SCL Mortgage Show. Larry, always a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you, Sandy. It's great to be here with you. And I enjoy our hour together. And we'll be back with more next week. But, uh, again, listen to Larry in Orlando tomorrow morning at 730 right here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Thanks for listening to the SEL Mortgage Show with Sandy Clough and mortgage expert Larry Jager. If you missed a portion of the show or want to listen to the program again, listen to podcasts at the SCLMortgageShow.com. Questions or assistance with a loan? Call their main office in Denver at 303-790-2222 or online at MySpecialMortgage.com, NMLS, 120 